Welcome to the Three Thirds Bank One Third Scouts podcast. It is episode number 42 and I'm joined by my fellow podcasters, Mr. Ross Smith and Mr. Simon Mann. How are we both? Well, I'm, I'm surviving, lads. Surviving? Is that is it? Is it that Euro fever again? Well, not quite. Even worse than Euro fever. I've had COVID this week. Oh. Finally, finally. Last, I lasted nearly a year, over a year. I'd had, I've just had my first vaccine as well, so I think another few weeks I probably would have had a bit more cover uh, protection from it. But yeah, finally uh, struck down this week. I've currently got no uh, no sense of smell. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I've been in isolation for the last ten days. Oh, so you you've got so you've, you're not you're not like asymptomatic. You've just got it, but you you feel fine. You've got can't smell yeah, anything. I was, um, I was a bit run down. And I had a sort of sore throat, a bit of a headache. But yeah, I mean, I wasn't too badly. It like it wasn't too bad. Um, and yeah, and and now of uh, yeah, now the now that now the old smell's gone. So have you? Well, me, I was going to take it too far then. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave that. I'll, I'll, I'll leave that in my mouth. What I was going to say? <laughs> But yeah, just at home isolating for the last 10 days, watching all the Euros. So I've ended up watching a hell of a lot of the Euros. Not been uh, not been impacted by work or anything. Have you not, um, presumably, you've had the Euros in the background and took on... So uh, Someone always has another pass, so you always have like a game going on, like a football manager or a... Oh, how did you know that has happened? Well, because that's just... No one sits, solid, no one sits solidly anymore and watches games... Back to back to back to the no one does it. You're, everyone's distracted by something, and not all the games are that exciting either. Let's be honest. In the last week, me and Blinder have got Grimsby promoted from League Two to League One. That's been the the biggest achievement of my year so far. I would say. Just took you a week to do one season. Um, no, it must have got to be more than a season, surely. We're we're about three weeks into the second season, I'd say. Wow, you, we're, in, so, we're in a promotion push, you know, there's a lot to do. So when it, uh, how That's are the, how, how, how night. we were playing tick attacker football at Grimsby. How's <laughs> the, uh, how's the decision making process work? Is it like, um, Julian Evans? Yeah, Julian Evans, is it? But, uh, no, not like this. Blinder's very much manager, I'm assistant manager. So uh, when Blinda has the laptop in on it's on her lap, so she's got the ability to press the button. So I can only really make suggestions. Does she regularly override what you say? Oh yeah, yeah. Frequently, yeah, yeah. I know I know we find that works best in a relationship. <laughs> not not just football manager. So then when she's playing, is that and you you can press that button and ask assistant to do it, can't you? Yeah, well <laughs> she just turned to you. <laughs> yeah, she could just hand the laptop over to me. <laughs> yeah, well so this, the, the lad we've got as the assistant manager, he doesn't know he's actually the assistant assistant manager, yeah. It's assistant to the regional manager. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's going well. I signed um signed Jan Kermigan. He absolutely banged them in for us. Yeah. He was an old. He used to play for Leicester, but he was thirty oh, right. when he came to us. And so we were plodding along, and then in the January transfer window, got two players in from on loan from Liverpool, 
Nico Williams. You <laughs> 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 managed to get a hold of him in League Two, and yet he's been touted as being a Premier League starter. No wonder you got he, was, he was superb. And a guy called Larucci. Oh, um, yeah, Yasa Larucci. He's a left wing back, isn't he? Yeah, so, but we played them um, in a front three. So we played Nico on the right, Larucci on the left. Um, is this like when Reese James is at Wigan and played central midfield? <laughs> well, yeah. And oh, they, were just, they, were, they were absolutely tearing it up, the two of them. Superb. Way too good for League Two standards. So, I mean, I don't know if any Premier League clubs want to listen to my uh, my advice. I'd say Nico Williams is worth getting in and playing further forward. <laughs> he, you... is very much, he is very much... Whenever he's played, he's played for the... Um, he plays like the... the... Uh, Carabao Cup games. He was like he was always he was always more attacking than um, than Trent was. He was never like I never really thought he was much of a defender. He always not. I was like, I was like, you can't. How can you be more of an attacking fullback than Alexander Arnold? It's pretty much impossible to be. But I could never. I never really saw him defend that much. He was always putting balls in. Well, yeah, it was similar at Blundell, Blundell Park. He was just putting putting the balls on the net instead. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I've realised this week? So, obviously, we started a fantasy football league, didn't we, for the Euros? Oh, yeah. That's been brought up, yeah. I've not checked checked mine. Well, it's not really worth mentioning our our (laughs) checking scores. (laughs) Jesus. So, Sam, you're doing very well. But what I realised this week from watching, um, I picked a lot of my team, I think, based on my... Everton game that I had on football. <laughs> oh, but after about, no, but after about five seasons in, so I've picked a lot of like because I've just seen the name and I've gone, well, they're good. I know them from the from the football manager game. They're good. I signed them, and then so what I've ended up doing is filling like I had a lot of lot of players who don't come into their own until about the next World Cup. So this Euros has come too soon for you in a way. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, in terms of my so my fantasy football, I've got to screenshot it and save it till the next time round. Well, I knew I was destined to win because when we all put our teams in, I saw you two both back Timo Werner based on based on no evidence at all. Like I, I assume you two must have been presenting a different football podcast for the last last twelve months. <laughs> he was Chelsea's Chelsea's top goal scorer and top assist maker. <laughs> Yeah, but I just assumed he was just going to play. Like, who? Like, <laughs> Germany haven't got another goal scorer. I thought, surely, like, even with Germany, you can put balls in the net. Against, even, even against Hungary, surely you can put balls in the net. Clearly, I was incredibly wrong. I mean, it was great. I mean, what I found that when you picked Giroud as captain, Ross, I was like, Giroud's not even going to play. No, but he's normally, he had been getting the nod over Benzema all the time, and then Benzema yeah. suddenly strolled in and. I thought I because I thought that Brandt's it. He's gonna get a six. Oh, that's a horrible goal. Oh, that's Sorry. That's a horror show, that, isn't it? <laughs> the Belgium Finland game is going on in the background as we speak. And if no one's seen Belgium's goal, then calamity. Yeah. Because I thought I'd pick Vinal. I thought I'll pick Ferran Torres. I thought I thought the well, the one thing that Spain haven't got is a goal scorer. But that, they haven't got a goal scorer because they don't score any goals. The midfield don't <laughs> score any goals. The forwards don't score any goals. Ramos is not there to score any goals. I was like, 
oh, I've not not done this very well. And I thought, oh, I don't think Vinealdum will have that good of a tour. I, I can't even remember whether I picked Vinealdum or not. But the guy's well, look, the guy been involved in like 10, 10 goals in his last ten games. Looking at your points, cheesy. I'm going to guess you didn't. No, I probably didn't. I don't think I picked. I'll pick Casper's Michael in yet. I don't think Denmark have kept a clean sheet. I was like, oh dear. Mason the, only good, the only good thing I did was pick Donnarumma in that. Oh, yeah. I had, I had Chiellini, but obviously he got injured. Other than that, my midfield, I think the first week, none of my midfield played. <laughs> oh well, I was, I was shocked that Thiago didn't start for Spain, did he? Which yeah. I, well, this, I thought he was going to start. They'd given him the number 10 shirt, and then the, this. Uh, this Pedro from Barcelona started. I think he came on twenty minutes, um, the last twenty minutes of the first game. But I don't think he. I'm not sure well, if he came on. Well, I, think is, I think what's happened is that Luis Enrique has obviously listened to this podcast, doesn't he? Oh. And we we always talk down Thiago, but I don't. I don't think he's realised that we are kind of joking. <laughs> but that that's obviously been slightly lost. I don't know how good his English is. That's obviously, obviously not very good. And he must be thinking, oh no, Thiago really is rubbish. Well, that that got lost on me as well. Then <laughs> he must be listening to he must be listening to another <laughs> podcast as well that says Alvaro Morata can score a goal. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's really he's really doubling down on Morata, isn't he? <laughs> he's he's not going to come good for you, mate. <laughs> he's, he's, I mean, he's, to let you down. I mean, is it Moreno that plays in VRL? Scored thirty goals this year. He's shoved out to the right. I was like, get rid of this guy, he's rubbish. Enrique's just been listening to Shearer talk about Venables at 96 when <laughs> yeah. I had all that faith in him and he repaid it. For the um for the Belgian got a second goal. Oh, it doesn't seem to have been given that second goal. Did it not did it get ruled out? The the Lukaku first one got ruled out for offside. Oh, oh, did it? Oh, fair yeah. enough. <laughs> I've not been paying properly paying. <laughs> in case anyone didn't see it, so the goal that was allowed, corner in. Vermaelen, the ex-Arsenal player, heads it off the post onto the goalkeeper over the line. But the goalkeeper sort of deathly tries to like scoop it out of the net. In a, oh, maybe it's not on TV, they might not know it's kind of away. Like a Roy Carroll type thing. Was no yeah, exactly like a Roy Carroll type thing. If this was happening at, at your level of football, Ross, do you reckon that goal would have been given or do you think? No, I think it would have been. the goalkeeper had passionately said, no, no, I definitely didn't cross the line. Depends if the referee was one of the good ones who stands in a decent position, it would have been given, but most of them stand preempting the counter attack. So they stand at the centre circle, <laughs> in the corner. So they're not going to get caught short fitness wise. <laughs> if it would have been that case, it, it would definitely wouldn't have been given. I'll tell you what the worst thing about it was if you watch, so it gets headed off the post. The keeper then moves his hand to the ball and knocks it in. If he would have left it, there's two finishes oh, oh, yeah, behind him. Knock it clear. <laughs> yeah. The, the, best throw, the best throwback to old school football, though, was I, did, I, I didn't watch much of it. I think I was on my lunch on Saturday. And I watched the last um, 10 minutes of the Hungry France game. I think France had a free kick or a corner in like the 95th minute. And then Hungary just literally just turned it into a rugby union game for that corner, just literally bulldozed the entire French team to the floor. And then the referee didn't give a penalty, the, like, the bar didn't give a penalty. I'm like, this guy literally is trying to run with somebody attached to his hips 
he physically, like the French player couldn't move any faster because he couldn't literally get anywhere because this guy had wrapped his arms around him. And they were like, no, it's fine. You, there's no, there's no VAR there. You, you just continue to carry on. I'm like, if you got, if you got a hand on the shoulder in the Premier League, you'll end up with it. It's, it's a penalty. Uh, that has got me a little bit with how, like, they go on about the Premier League being really physical <laughs> and how uh, all these, <laughs> all the foreigners can't get used to the physicality of the Premier League. It's not been that. It's, it's like watching the Euros isn't that much different to watching the Premier League, is it? Not really, no. Well, although, I mean, to be fair, VAR just seems to, they've not had any VAR controversies, have they? I've enjoyed the fact they just sort of seem to have made a decision and moved on quite quickly. Well, they, oh, they've just gone, you know what? Referee wouldn't have been able to sell that in real, yeah. real time. So but that's not, the other, not. They've not shown it that many often. So there was a. Um... There was a foul on uh, the foul in the first half on um, Hazard, which which I didn't think was much of a penalty, but I think they showed it twice, and that was it. They didn't show it then, and there was no like potential bar check up at the corner. I felt like that had been sky. It had been shown like sixty times in every yeah, angle. Front to I back. agree. The fact that UEFA have controlled the cameras and controlled the feed that they, they've not just incensed everyone by shut replay and after replay after replay. But yeah, like you say, Scott, you watch Sky or BT. Yeah, they've got to give Peter Walton something to talk about, haven't yeah. they? so they'll show that foul, that clip on the ankles, fifty there another, times. There was another game as well where somebody stood on somebody's foot, and I'm like, that's a penalty, and I'm, I'm like, it's instantly ingrained in, my, in me now. To say if somebody stands on somebody's foot in the penalty area, it's it's automatically a penalty because that's what it's been like all season. And well, I think they, still... showed it, they showed it again, and I was like, oh, it might have been, it might have actually been the Sterling one. Yeah, that's that, that's what it might have been. It might have been the Sterling one from um, from Friday. Yeah, just it was another replay, and that was it. They just didn't talk about it anymore because they, they couldn't talk about it because it wasn't on the screen. Well, uh, yeah. Let's just, before we get on to the football proper. Obviously, yesterday, cheesy. It was Father's Day. It was Father's of, Day. Of course, yeah. yeah. So, what did everyone do for their fathers, or what did the fathers that are here have done for them? Well, I have to work, so um, I was a little bit of. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say bad planning, but um, I'd, I had a really nice day. So I got up in the morning, so I made maybe something from nursery. Um, and Grayson was really excited. Grayson gets incredibly excited around any present. So if it's Esme's birthday or Ashley's birthday or my birthday, Grayson just gets excited about giving presents. Um, when he's a bit older... And that's he's that's a good habit, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great trait to have in a person. <laughs> when, he, when he gets older and figures out how much everything actually costs, that might just start to dampen down ever so slightly. <laughs> But he's a big fan of giving you the the the, uh, the bag in the morning. So, lots of treats in there, uh, some really nice things. And then when we went to went to work, came home. Um, we did our we watched our usual Stephen Mulhern, um, in person, <laughs> and then uh, which was on Saturday, which I didn't get to watch with him. Um, and then I take out, and then I went to bed. It was very nice. Well, the, yours sounds like you you enjoyed it. I'll tell you mine. So is this, Mine... is this the first Father's Day with Jack, or is it the second one? No, so so now, now you've got three, three kids that should be providing gratitude to you on this day. Exactly. You would think so, wouldn't you? I'll tell you. So mine, my Father's Day, in all of this day, the whole hoo-ha around it started on Saturday, which, from the sounds of it, sounds like it should be a good thing, doesn't it? You think it's going to be an extra day of... <laughs> 
the father Pete. being spoiled here. <laughs> peak too soon. So, that's what it was. Yeah. So what? Noel, I don't think we peaked. I think we troughed very early. <laughs> I think that's what we did. So on Saturday we went. Um, the the kids needed new new trainers, so we went to Manchester Fort. Did the usual, go to Clark's, get the shoes, feet measured, and then buy nothing from them. Um, and then we went to uh, the Nike shop, uh, got some trainers for Luke. Then we went to Sports Direct, tried a few on. Um, and then after it was about dinner time. So then uh, Claire goes, Right, we need something to eat. What should we have? Should we have Nando's or Greg's? And I'll say, It's up to you, what, whatever you want to have. So she goes, Right, we'll go and get Nando's. So I said, okay. So we, we go up to Nando's and then uh, we get in, sit down and pick our food. And then as it gets to the, because you got an order on your phone, as it gets to me finalising the order, Claire goes, oh, Jack's a bit windy. I'll take him outside. And I thought, I know what you've done. I've got to pay for this, haven't I? <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so she... She's outside with Jack, and then I put the order in, and she comes back in when the food arrives, and then all the food gets handed out. Waitress goes away, and she goes, "Happy Father's Day!" And I go, "This isn't Father's Day." And she goes, "Yeah, I thought it'd be nice." And I thought, "No, before we arrived, we were going Greg's or Nando's." If you chose Greg's, <laughs> I would have just got a steak bake. Would you have said Happy Father's Day? And I said, "You can't, you can't claim this one." I said, and I've had to pay as well. That's not normally how things work. <laughs> so we ate Nando's, then we went home. And then uh, and then later in the day, my brother, which I knew the day before, we were having one of my nephews over to stay. So I got my brother's kids. So when I woke up on Father's Day, I had extra children in my house. <laughs> Which, what any father wants is more children to look after on Father's Day. Aside that, then, uh, so then, uh, said he gave me some cards, one that he'd made, and thing, yeah. And then Luke gave me something, um, a pair of socks that said best daddy on or whatever, and then a card. And then I had to text Teddy to cricket. Uh, and then I got back, and uh, Claire was just sat in her pajamas. With the kid, with the other kids watching a film, and I thought, "Oh, this is lovely that you've been having a nice, chilled day, and I've been out fielding Teddy's batting and wicket keeping and everything." <laughs> and it gets to dinner time. There's no food in the house, so because Claire's still not dressed, it's dinner time. I had to go shopping, get the food, then I had to cook it. Yeah, so I thought this is not relaxing at all. Then, <laughs> then I put, then I did some washing clothes washing and put it out as well while Claire's still relaxing at this point. <laughs> and then she goes, uh, and then before she, she goes food shopping to get some, like do a big shop, she goes, what do you want for your tea? Do you want, uh, do you want me to cook a steak or do you want takeaway or something? I said, oh, I don't know. I don't know what we're going to have. And she's right, right. So then she went shopping and we've had this chicken pie in the fridge for the last week that they always needed eating. So for my special Father's Day treat, tea, Old chicken pie. I did. I did. I didn't feel. I didn't feel treated so, yeah, at all. Say, I mean, I, obviously, I'm Team Ross. You know that. I'll always have you back, mate. But when you've gone out shopping for the stuff for lunch, <laughs> no. So I went shopping because we're having cheese. We're having cheese toasties. Yeah, but 
Why, you must have known there wasn't any stuff in the tea at the time. Why didn't you? No, because oh, I was just I was just going to the local shop, the corner oh, right. shop, no, just right. to get just to quickly get some bread and cheese. <laughs> That's what I was doing, just to get something dead quick that then I could get there, get back, make dinner, so we weren't waiting two hours before we had dinner. <laughs> and then Claire went out to the big shop, again leaving me with all the kids. It was just. <laughs> And now she's she's gone to work. She's come home. She says she feels ill, so she's gone straight to bed. Had to put all the kids to bed and do all the tea again. It's been a right weekend for me. I mean, it didn't start well on Friday night either, Ross, to be fair, did it? Well, I mean, we're going to talk about that, aren't we? But I was very excited for Friday night. Started drinking as soon as I got home from work, so I knew I was going to have a hangover on Saturday. It wasn't worth it. <laughs> Wow, what a weekend. Yeah, not for the good reasons. And this is, if you're having bad weekends in the middle of tournaments, what's, what, are you, what are your <laughs> weekends like in normal times? Exactly. You try uh, living with Claire. I mean, the, I mean, I mean, the, other, the, the other thing is, I mean, Claire, Claire's done this really well. We've because... got a title for the podcast anyway. <laughs> <laughs> because mother, it's not like you can say, well, technically this was Mother's Day. Like well, the, when when Mother's Day comes around, we'll swap over. Bear in mind, Mother's Day is not till next March. You've got another nine months to kind of. Uh... Yeah, exactly. So yeah, the socks were nice though. Not tried well, them on yet. So don't know if they fit. But... And, and and so Luke hadn't made a card at one of his uh, nursery or anything. No, no, he had, but he gave me that on Friday. All oh, right. So he made a card and a clay uh, mat, drinks mat, that he painted. But the problem is, he's clearly messed about with it too much because it's all wobbly, so you can't put a drink on it because it'll spill. <laughs> well, did you make yourself a card? Presumably you were in a, a card-making place on, on Friday. No, I wasn't. Well, no. Not the classes that were left in school. They, they were not a card-making um, abilities. That's all right, Ross. You don't need a drink tonight. If you've got a drink in your hand, you don't you don't put it down before you finish it. So you don't need to... <laughs> <laughs> you did it, you did it on purpose. Yeah, they're, they're down. purely decorative in your house, aren't they? <laughs> there is that. Uh, it just it feels more unstable than putting your drink on the sofa. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway what are we talking about oh it has to be euros so we will we will there's there's been there's been some other uh, football stories which we will touch on in in later weeks but we are we are still full of euro fever on this show so uh we'll discuss all things um england to begin with um, and then we'll pick out some um, some more memorable moments of the tournament um, uh, a bit later on. So we will um, have a little break and we will come back uh, straight after this. Welcome back to the Three Thirds Bank One Third Scouse podcast. And we will discuss England's um, first two games Um of the Euros. So, um, Ross, we'll start with you as soon as you had such a good Friday night. Has, uh, has Friday um, 
dampen down your Euro fever? Well, we haven't spoke since the, we, the Croatia game happened as well, hasn't it? Yeah. So we've had two games, haven't we? Yeah. Um, are we going with Friday first, or should we start with Croatia? Should we go and start with chronological Croatia? Well, so obviously, Croatia game, you kind of obviously have the memories of the World Cup semi-final where we got beat 2-1. But I think we kind of said the last podcast, they're, they're a bit more of an ageing squad. Haven't really freshened things up. Maybe they, they weren't quite the team that they were three years ago. So should be there for the taking. Obviously, we got the 1-0 win. Um, I mean, you're pleased because you what on paper should be the toughest game of the group you've got to win from. But I don't know, I wasn't just... I, I, when we were texting that night, I wasn't, I wasn't overjoyed with the, with the performance, but you seemed quite pleased on that evening, Simon. Yeah, I was. I, th- I thought, you know, it was a, a decent win against a, a decent team. Oh, look, I, I think my feelings are that I think Gareth Southgate is instinctively quite a cautious manager. And in a way, he almost he sort of sets us up to play against big teams. And I think we sometimes sort of struggle in games where actually, you know, the other team isn't putting us under that much pressure. And it's like, what will we do? And I think that that's probably been... A, so I think, I think we do look quite solid in that Croatia game when they do sort of pass it around a bit, and even though they're not the team they were, they sort of, they, you know, Modric is still trying to make things happen. Yeah, it doesn't really have any success. And then, you know, we, we get a goal. It was good to see Sterling in form. Yeah, I, th- I thought there were positives to take out of, uh, out of that first game. I mean, the trouble is, when you're up against a team that will sit back, we really looked like we had no creativity, which is incredible, given that, in terms of attacking talent, it's the most sort of creative England team and squad in, in our lifetimes. What uh, Did you honestly believe, though, that Sterling had a good game against Croatia? Well, he, t- he took his goal well. I mean, he didn't, he didn't look bad. I mean, yeah, it, yeah, but I suppose I thought he played well. Calvin Phillips was a massive bonus in that Croatia game. I didn't think Henderson was going to play a game after, that, after the Croatia game. Yeah. I I thought Phillips played well. I just, I just, I was, I don't know. After seeing the start to the Croatia game, especially when um, the ball gets played into Foden, he takes it down, the defender stands off him, then he knocks it onto his left foot and it's the post. What was that after like 10, 15 minutes? Yeah. I'm thinking, oh, here we go. Like, this is, this is exactly what we wanted. Like, I mean, there was question marks at the start of the, even in the selection, wasn't it? When obviously when you saw Trippier at left back and Phillips playing, uh, Sterling keeping his place, uh, you question him. Who started at right back? It wasn't James, was it? It, No, it was Walker. Yeah, he started Walker. Yeah. Yeah. So you, so you, you think? So there are a few question marks, and then obviously we questioned Tyro Ming's performance in the in the friendlies in the build up. So there was a few little things, but. At the start, that happens ten minutes in. You think, oh, hang on, we're brilliant here. Like, and then we we were well on top, well on top. But it's that old adage, like you got scoring on top, and we didn't. And then just, I just thought, as the game went on, I thought these are it. Like, these aren't really causing us any problems. Like, we should be able to push a bit higher on and get and 
I just felt a bit disappointed we didn't score more than one, to be honest. I felt like we just ran out of ideas. Yeah. And then, I don't know. So, yeah, please, we won that game. But then, obviously, that you still think, right, well, we've, we've won that game. Obviously, England-Scotland, classic game. I mean, didn't realise it until everyone said afterwards, Scotland, the third worst team in the actual tournament on rankings. Um, but you'd never have known it, would you? Well, maestro is Billy Gilmore. I mean, what, 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 what were your, what were your? Obviously, you mentioned about being cautious, Simon. Do you, do you being too cautious against Scotland? Well, I mean, yeah, you, you'd think it's a poor, you know, they've got a couple of, they've got a few good players, but they've got a lot of rubbish players who we we made look very good. I thought, and you know, Che Adams isn't that good a striker. He, you know, made him look like he's one of the most dangerous strikers in Europe. The guy that's I mean, in the Southampton team. Lyndon Dykes had a few chances, more chances than Harry Kane. Yeah, exactly. And he's, you know, not that prolific for QPR in the championship. And and the thing that really frustrated was we didn't really look like we were going to score at any stage. We, I think Gary Neville afterwards said that we looked really lethargic and we sort of did. Like, as if sort of the occasion had got to a lot, you know, it's sort of concerning going forward if, if this is how they deal with with big matches, you know, hopefully they'll learn a lot from this game, but, you know, it's disappointing. Well, what did you think, Cheesy? I just felt like the from the from the first game, I thought that, I mean, when he played Phillips, I was like, oh, it's, an, it's almost another, I keep, and he didn't, I thought he would have just pumped for Bellingham. I thought it was quite a defensive team. I thought he, if, if Bellingham would have played, then actually I thought we'd done all right. But like you said, Philip played really well, got man of the match, um, and it almost like transformed. And then it felt like that we had the same game plan for Croatia as we did for Scotland. And we didn't, obviously, the, the fullbacks changed, but we didn't look to really change anything else. I, I feel like the chemistry up front, and I know that we were saying about the Sterling goal, but the, we don't look to be getting the best out of Kane. Kane isn't playing the way that he plays for Spurs in case of dropping off and there's people running in behind him. Sterling doesn't seem to want to do that. Foden just looks completely isolated. I just thought we that this uh, this great attacking team that we've got just seems to just completely just it just disappeared on Friday. I didn't get we just looked like they never played together. And I know that obviously the we we didn't, the warm up games were kind of hampered with the Chelsea and the the City being in the Champions League final and, and United being in the Europa League final. But I just thought that we just didn't we just didn't look like a team. And the one thing that we were last when we played in 2018 was we were a team. Do you know, I mean, I think, oh, I know we're talking about the creativity, but I think one of the, one of the key things in the whole, um, I, I mean, you're going to laugh, but I think Harry Maguire would change a lot of our creative uh, problems. Would, would actually, so I know like Jack Grealish coming on and Sancho and all that. <laughs> Jack Grealish or Sancho, we need to bring Harry Maguire on as a 10. <laughs> no, but listen to me. <laughs> I was watching that Scotland game and admittedly like I was getting more and more pissed off with it all so I ended up getting through uh, the cans of Heineken that I'd bought quite quickly. So my memories and the haziness of my analytical qualities towards the end of the game probably weren't as, as great as they were at the start. But the amount of times we picked it up, like the, the centre-backs picked it up 
And then instead of a centre-back walking out of it, we'd play it five, ten yards up to Declan Rice or Calvin Phillips. And then we'd, st- we'd play the pass, and then our central midfielders have it, and we'd still be 10, 15 yards in our own half. Yeah. Was just, I, I couldn't believe it. Like, why are we doing that? What? Just get a centre-half that's going to walk out the pitch and get us playing 15, 20 yards further up the game. At no point did we ever seem to be, uh, like, have the centre-halves camped, like on the halfway line or just inside the halfway line, and we just we just having the ball like that. Scotland clearing the ball, and we're just picking it up and then playing it into our central midfielders. We always seem to be we're we're so spread out the pitch that then the only pass was this real long pass in behind because well, God knows where Mason Mount went. Well, he was just hugging Billy Gilmore all evening, wasn't he? But <laughs> you didn't see him against Scotland, did you? What, tell me anything he did against Scotland. I mean, I mean, losing losing your centre half and it atta- affecting your attacking talent. I mean, that, oh, that sounds like a lot, a lot, quite a lot. Of what I've been saying all season. Now, but anyway, <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll focus on that yeah, but too. I'm not. But I, but the thing is, John Stone should be able to do that. So this well, is clearly some kind of doing, yeah. Well, like he should for the city, wasn't he? Yeah. But, well, that's that's John Stone's has made a career. Like that's what he's known for. He's actually bringing it out and, and passing the ball. But I just think we. We're playing, we're starting every every attack starting with our midfielders 10, 15 yards in our own half instead of, if we're 20 yards further at the pitch, then like, Foden's great, but you watch Foden for City, he's, he's not running behind that. Like he's picking it up and playing quick passes and doing all this. And Jack Grealish, it's the kind of the simp, like, like you say, we've got this abundance attacking talent and it's one of the most technically gifted England squads we've had for years and we seem to be well as far as I can see the game plans lump it long in behind and up still in a fold and can catch it from 60-70 yards I thought it was very interesting what um, Southgate said about uh, Sancho earlier on I don't know if it was in his press conference today earlier on in like the written press where about it was his it's his first um, it's his first major tournament I'm like he's been playing in the Champions League for the last two seasons it's like this kid knows how to play football. He's played in big games before. Like and he'll but, play but then he brings, but then he brings Jude Bellingham on the Croatia game with ten minutes left. I just, like, I just doesn't... felt like, I just felt like we could have just gone to play. And if we were going to play Phillips and Rice, Phillips and Rice, that's fine. But when it didn't work, is we just go back and we we bring another some another attacking player on and we go and we almost go four two three one. Um, and we just used and, and the wing backs the wing backs either don't go as far forward or the full backs don't go as far forward and we just protect that we just protect the middle of the pitch um, and then we let the guys we let the three up front I feel like the threes picked up front of Foden, Kane and, and Sterling just there's no chemistry in there there's nobody knitting it together and like you said Mason Mount against Mason Mount was supposed to be the the, the midfield driving force that was going to link midfield and attack but like you said against 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 Scotland, I, I just didn't. It just it just didn't happen. Well, it'll be interesting because I mean he'll be um, he'll be forced to do something different in this uh, in this final group game against Czech, Czech Republic, won't he? But presumably Mount is out. I assume. Well, he said he doesn't know, and this is the bit that I find really odd. Well, why? So obviously Billy Gilmore's turned out today. He's obviously tested positive. How on earth in a bubble he's tested positive for COVID? Um, and then obviously it's affected. Um, it looks like it's affected Chilwell and and um, and Mason Mount. But they've said like it, it might not do. But either it is or it isn't. 
can't exactly say track and trace have got the wrong number, can you? Well, we're now relying on, if our Euro hopes line Dido Harding, then we are in trouble. <laughs> but I think, from t- what, from, just, just, go back to this, just go back to the Croatia game, like you said, Simon, I, I think, I think there was a bit of overhype that actually we'd, we'd, won, we'd won the first game of the Euros. We've never, ever done that before. Regardless of how we've done it, like we've played, probably played really well in other tournaments and not, and not won. Got three points on the board against what is regarded as our toughest opponents in the group. And then, right, that's something to build on. Expectations lifted a little bit. And then we go play against Scotland and it just, Scotland, like whether they wanted it more or not, I don't know, but they just seem to have a better game plan just completely nullified all of our threats and we just didn't change. We just didn't change it. I tell you, uh, how, Simon, towards the Scotland go, obviously the big attacking change was Luke Shaw and Reese James coming in, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So you, you're then thinking they've been brought in, you're expecting kind of marauding fullbacks, aren't you? Balls going out, getting out to the... Getting out the wide, of uh, overlapping fullbacks, crosses into the box. Never. Why do you think it never materialised in that way? Well, I think they've got to take sort of personal responsibility for that. I don't. I don't know why they didn't uh, sort of. You know, this was their big chance to to sort of put in a good performance and say, "Look, you can't drop me," um, and really sort of make it stake their their place for, for to be first choice going forward. It was just a, you know. The thing is, everyone just pay, play badly, don't you? And I don't really know how that happens or why that happens. Um, it is, and, and it is a concern. So the elephant in the room. So what? So does he? Does he continue to play Harry Kane? Well, he said he's going to, hasn't he? I think you've. I think you've got to stick with Kane. I just but like I, I say. Not... Yeah. yeah, go on. Well, I just don't see how it. How. I think England having any success in this tournament sort of depends on Kane finding some goals going for. I think you've just got to back him and just trying to find a way to get you know and hope he scores. But you, hope he you, gets form again. Your your options are you drop Kane, you, you play Rashford or Calvert Lewin through the middle, don't you? And based on the performances that we've been having, are you think you're not expecting you're going to get anything better from them two, are you? Really? Like it's not what obviously. Do you do, gonna... I mean, it's, it's it's really difficult. I think you've just got to. I think he did the right thing bringing him off against Scotland. I thought he was just completely, just completely ineffectual up up front. But we're going to have to change something. We're going to have to change like what we've done around him. I mean, to be fair, Grealish wasn't great when he came on against Scotland. Um, nobody really was was fantastic. Um, he seemed to take Foden off, and I wasn't really sure why why Foden yeah, came off. Yeah, he's both matches, hasn't he? But I mean, but some he's got he's got to change something. He just doesn't seem to want to change the three in midfield. Like he didn't he didn't punt to take Phillips off. I didn't think Phillips had a great game against Scotland, but he seemed to protect that midfield three and, and was trying to change things up up front. And it it just it just it just didn't it just didn't really work. Um, and that's my worry is that. We've all of a sudden gone from um, gone from quite a good team um, to ne- to now feels like that we don't actually know what our best eleven is because we've got we've got so much attacking talent and we're not just letting them play. Cause I think we we just seem to play better in the warm up games with Grealish as a, the main focal main focal point and then players playing around him. But it just seems like that he just seems like he just doesn't want to play that way. 
So and whether that changes or not, I'm, I'm not I'm not entirely I'm not entirely sure. But some something's got to start. Something's got to change. But and but similar to what you said before, Ross, we score Foden scores after 10, 15 minutes against Croatia. It's the post Stones scores against in the first five minutes against Scotland. It's a, it's a completely different tournament. But you think about later on in the later on in the tournament, we, we can't be we can't be relying on we, we scored one goal. In two games, with I mean, I have, I have think the way the team set up with with like he seems to want right. I I I get that he seems to go with two defensive midfielders most of the time. So I have nothing wrong with the four two three one kind of setup. But one of the things with the Croatia game was, and one of the reasons why lots of people were raving about Calvin Phillips' performance was that the fact that he had this little bit of license to get forward, didn't he? So for the Sterling goal, he wasn't rigidly sat square alongside Declan Rice, he's got forward. I mean, to be fair to Kyle Walker, he played a good ball into um, Phillips. Phillips took it well and got the pass in for Sterling Sterling score. But then we got to Scotland where you think, well, even more so, you should have the licence to roam a bit more because they're nowhere near as good as Croatia or they shouldn't be. That seemed to stop. It seemed to be a rigid... They seemed to never move out of them positions. I, it's either it's either he doesn't trust the back, the centre halves properly to to manage. Which, to be fair, Tyrone Mings and John Stones are England's first choice centre half pairing, or he doesn't trust uh, one of the central defensive midfielders to do to do the whole job. I mean, obviously, no one's Kante. Kante is one of the few that does it on his own, but. Declan Rice for West Ham has been pretty impressive this season because like Thomas Suchek, who plays alongside, is one of West Ham's top goal scorers, isn't he? So he's not just sitting defa- sitting back rigidly yeah. with him all the time. So I don't know. I'd just like to see like you said, oh we've been talking about for weeks and weeks and weeks is who would you pick in the attacking lineup for England because of all this attacking talent? And then none of them are getting on the pitch. It's just, it's just really frustrating. Well, I, it annoyed me on in that Scotland game. We had, he didn't use all five subs, did he? And you think we need a goal? Yeah, you know, it's not working for the players that are out there. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? I think he moved. I think did he? Who did he? Did did he bring Bellingham on again against Scotland or not? There was a change that he made after about eighty. 83 minutes or something like that. It felt like right near the end. And I'm I'm not sure if Scotland I'm not sure if Scotland hit us on the counter-attack and, and, and got into like near where the penalty area was, not necessarily put us under any pressure. And then I felt like after that, it might have been the chance where Linda Dykes was it hit the ball and it was going wide and Reese James headed it off when it was going wide, but he had to get off the line. I felt like after that, that was it. We weren't going to do any more attacking after that. He didn't want to he didn't want to end up getting caught on the counter-attack and lose. It just felt like he was just calming everything down again. And I was like, we need a, we need a goal. Like you can rest whoever you want. Like in in the game against the Czech Republic, we just need to win. I mean, the other the other thing for me, what got like this Croatia win, that felt like it gave us kind of a security blanket to go out and be more attacking, as opposed to, you know, if we would have lost, then you can you kind of you can understand the mentality of right, we've got to stay in this game, make sure we need we need the points here. So Scotland could be the tricky one, but having got the Croatia win. Say we would have lost against Scotland, yeah, we would have been 
angry. But if you if you go out and lose and you get caught on the break by Scotland and we've we've had twenty shots, ten of them have been target. Keepers like David Marshall is an absolute worldie of the game. You're kind of going well. That happens sometimes, doesn't it? But I mean, limp and lackluster the way we did it. It, I think that's the thing that gets me the most. Just, I just didn't really seem to be any like spirit or courage or want to go and do anything. It was, it was really just let's not give Scots any, anything to cheer it. But in doing Listen. that, we we give them loads to cheer because they look like a better team than us. Well, it's like you said. Who who actually put their hand up to say that they had a really good game against Scotland? Who 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 wouldn't? Is there anybody out of that eleven that played against Scotland that you think they have to start? Maybe with the exception of probably Pickford, which you can't even really believe I'm saying that. But was is there anybody out of those ten that you probably think they have to start? Uh, well, I'd say if, if they, yeah. they changed anybody, would you be like if you dropped Declan Rice and moved Phillips in, or if you moved Phillips and and put somebody else in there? I mean, obviously, you've got the, the big things like if you if you dropped Kane and Kane doesn't play, obviously that's big because he's captain. But I mean, if Sterling didn't play, uh, he didn't play. He's took Foden off twice already. So actually, if if he's not working with Foden or we're not working in the right system, is Foden going to play? Well, I might play somebody else instead. Well, yeah, I mean, none of them could have any complaints if they, you know if they get the tap on the shoulder saying it's not it's not you today, mate. Then you know, none of them can go. What after I did so well on Friday? Yeah. Well, say, so oh, let's say Mountain Chilwell have to still isolate tomorrow. Uh, Chilwell, what, he's not featured anyway, so whether he was in line or wasn't in line, that's not really a change anyway. That So Mount's the only really one that's going to be noted down as a change from the thing. Say he goes and makes, let's say, five or six changes. So he brings on Sancho, Grealish starts, maybe Maguire might be fit. That's the plot. That's the hope, isn't it? Um, some of the fullbacks. Are you then thinking that this is sensible management in terms of long term for the tournament? Or are you thinking, or are you, are you looking at that going, has Southgate got a clue what he's doing anymore? Like, well, what? I mean, I don't think he'll make a lot. I think he'll revert back to that Croatia side. I think that Trippier and Walker will come back in. Maybe Maguire will be fit. I don't. I don't know. That Maguire's fitness, I think, is just impossible to gauge, isn't it? Because basically. Every time Maguire talks, and Maguire, from what he was saying, basically would have been happy to play in that Europa League final. He clearly, he clearly, what he's clearly someone who just goes, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm fit, I'll, I'll play. Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and then in a way, that's kind of a good thing, but it's also a good thing that <laughs> someone, someone can say no. stopping this from happening. Yeah, um, and then so yeah, so, so I think he'll kind of revert to that team. And if Mount can't play, I'm not really sure who who. Who's the obvious replacement? It's sort of a position that 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 Grealish wants to play in. I'm not sure. I'm never sure he really trusts Grealish, to be honest with you. So I could see him sort of doing the negative thing and and giving um giving a game to to Jude Bellingham. I mean, the other strange thing now is uh, I don't know if you've seen, but because of the results following tonight, we've qualified uh, for the next round. Because oh, even, even if we lose, we'll, we'll still be the best. We'll still be one of the best third place finishers, um, regardless. Well, it's football so, coming home again. Well, so yeah, so we're definitely next round. Which then, uh, even weirder as a t- as a, as a like it's re- it really is a free hit tomorrow, isn't it? So it's like again, it seems 
like if you don't play, if if Maguire is ever going to play, lots of people have said lots of the pundits that if Maguire is ever going to play in this tournament, he has to get a game in now, doesn't he? Like I think he's tomorrow, done. I think he'll play tomorrow. I think he'll play Henderson as well. I think Henderson. I think he's come out and said that Henderson will could, could be involved, but I don't see him bringing Henderson on. I see him starting Henderson and taking Henderson off. Yeah, well, I'd see, I'd see him starting Maguire and taking Maguire off. But if you're gonna, you've got to give him some minutes before you start getting into a knockout football, surely. I mean, the thing with like the five subs is you can actually do that, and it's not, it's not a complete disaster. You know, if after half an hour you have to take them off, that isn't the end of the world in the way it would normally be. Like, oh no, it's not worth doing because you've only got three subs, and yeah, yeah. yeah. But with five subs, you're almost a bit like, oh well, you know, if if we have to take a chance and it doesn't work out. I mean, the thing with the thing with Henderson is he did play one of the warm up games, didn't he? Um, yeah, he, he came did, on, yeah. didn't he? Yeah, if, yeah. Can, it was kind of, kind of implied he was, a bit, he was a bit closer to to playing than you than than you know for him then to not play any part in the first two games is it, slightly surprising. Maybe he was hoping he would be sort of two 0 up with twenty minutes to go in one of these games, and he'd be able to have. Uh, to sort of, it would have been able, it would have been able to sort of bring him on in a more relaxed environment, but who knows? I I have a I have a sneaking feeling that Maguire will start. I think the fullbacks will get kept the same as they were against Scotland. I think Bellingham will play, and then obviously if Mount has to isolate, isolate then Grealish will come in. I don't, but I think everything else will stay the same. I think I think there'll be a bit. I think there'll be big changes. I think he'll drop. I think he'll drop Mings and Phillips. I think Henderson and Maguire will play. I think he'll keep Shaw at left back. Um, uh, I think Walker will come back in, and then it'll be Grealish. Um, it's got to be Rashford, um, Kane, and then I mean, you probably think it has to. Whether he doesn't want two pacey wingers playing either side of Kane or not, I don't know. But uh, it'd be nice for Foden to be able to pass the ball to somebody, or maybe it is. Maybe he will keep Foden on. Um, or Foden or Sancho wouldn't really make wouldn't really make that much of a difference. But whether he wants to Rashford and Sancho playing either side of Kane or not, I'm not sure. But I think that Grealish should play, and he'd have to go four. He'd go four two three one. I mean, the other one is he could drop short and play Trippier and be a bit more defensive in terms of his left back. But I tell you, the thing that the the, the thing that's not worrying me, but like we talk, like I say, the fact that if we're doing this. I know we're only going to face bigger and bigger teams as we go through the tournament. So obviously, the Phillips Rice combination probably comes into its own a bit more as we go on, and we we need that. But I just don't like Croatia. I know we uh, folded at the post, but folded at the post, and then we had the Sterling chance. Other than that, there wasn't wasn't massive amount of chance that we missed. It wasn't like we created loads and we only scored one of them. We probably created two chances and took one of them. Yeah. The Scotland well, game, we didn't really create anything. So my worry is that although we're like, yeah, you can say we're setting up for the for the bigger teams, it's not like you don't feel like we can then we might be able to keep the clean sheet, but you don't feel like we've got the threat going the other way at the minute. That's one of my worries as we go through the talk. I just feel like we're just gonna soak up this pressure. And then because we haven't got this, we don't look we don't look very threatening going the other way. Teams aren't going to be that worried, so they're just going to pile and pile the pressure on. And then how long can you really withstand 90 minutes of pressure from Italy or France or 
Germany. It's, it, I just that's my worry. I would. I, I don't like... mind the defensive. Don't find the defensive makeup. But if you sit back and then counter constantly, but then you're creating and you have loads of near misses, that's fine. But I just don't think we're getting that near miss element to what to our game that you could you can half understand a one nil and a nil nil. I think our transit our transition at the moment minutes from attack from defence to attack is looks so poor compared to everybody else. I know we're segueing very nicely to, to some other teams at the minute, but uh, I mean if you take I mean, we'll take Belgium for instance, their their back line is is an aging Jan Vertong and Toby Alderweireld and and Jason Denier. I mean, that doesn't fill you full of... I mean, Spurs fans will tell you that it doesn't fill you full of confidence knowing that there's an extra guy in there that can't even play at Premier League level anyway. But all of a sudden, they, they manage to get the ball away and they knock it up to Hazard, De Bruyne and Lukaku and they look a completely different team. But we, I don't feel like we've got that. I feel like we've got a very much stronger defence. But I wouldn't say that you knocked it up to our front three and all of a sudden we're... We're buzzing around, and we've got we've got passing to midfield, and, and we we just I just don't feel like we've got that transition. We've got it from the left, with from, from the fullbacks. It's just all very rigid of midfield up to the up to the front three, and then when we've got it to the front three. We haven't got anybody else up there supporting them. So, I don't, yeah, I don't know. yeah. Well, what are your predictions for tomorrow? Then before we move on to something else. Oh, England 1-0, I reckon. <laughs> I can't watch that. I can't watch another 1-0. Not unless it's some sort of bad storm in 1-0 where we have 25 <laughs> shots. Every shot's on target and the keeper of the world and we managed to score it after about 60 minutes or something like that. I think it's depends on the team. I think if we go out to win 1-0, then it might it might be a very much a pragmatic game. But like I said, we're, we're, we're through. We're going to play difficult teams at some point anyway. So do we not throw the shackles off a little bit and go... We need to play. Some, we need to. We need to find some form. Like, like you said, if Kane is going to stay in the team, we, we almost need a four-one against the Netherlands from Euro '96, where we need to. We need to score some goals. We need to play well. Yeah, I would like to think that we're, we're going to go like Gareth's just going to realise. But yeah, I yeah, I can quite easily see it being a nil-nil or a one-all or a one-nil tomorrow. Depressing though. I was so excited on Friday. It was, yeah, I mean, I think there was almost, there was a bit too much hype, I think, because it got us all so excited. I just, it was, I, it was impossible not to be excited on Friday. But it, yeah, just, it's just, the whole day just built up. I mean, it's like I said, I text Claire at dinner time saying, I'm going to come home and have a drink. Like, as soon as I get home drinking, like, kind of forget me what I'm doing. <laughs> and then like I say it just ugh, really pe- like petered out really quickly the enthusiasm and excitement for it all and I, d- I just don't want that to happen. like and especially think back three years ago how great it was I suppose, what was the 7-1 game or 6-1 game or whatever it was or Panama game. game Panama game everything was fantastic wasn't it it's but the other thing, now that you I want, it, I want got, that back. I want that back. Yeah, but the other thing was that why did we scored so many goals in the last one? Because they were all set pieces. Like we just, we had penalties left, right, and centre, and we were at, like we haven't even, we haven't even got players in the box with the ball. Can't get a penalty if you don't put if you don't, if you don't get if you if you're not in the box or your strikers playing in in the holding midfield role trying to get all of the bloody balls. Well, uh, we've got the last 16, haven't we? 
I mean, I tell you, like, this, let's just move away from England specifically. The Euros as a whole, with this whole third place team thing, do you not think it's really took something away from the group stages? Oh yeah, it's a it's a rubbish format. I mean, the only thing is, I think it is quite exciting. I, I do enjoy watching the amount of joy you get when teams like Finland still have a chance of getting through, and like you know, sort of. I mean, Wales is, it happens to end up finishing second in their group, haven't they? But like, and so I think there is that. That's the one good thing about it. But I think it does undermine the group stages a bit. I mean, you go through. The group stage, in many ways, is like quite a major part of. It feels like almost like half the tournament is taking up the group stages, and yeah. all you, get, you only go from twenty four teams down to sixteen. Like you go through the whole this massive group stage, and it only gets rid of eight teams. <laughs> you think? Yeah, <laughs> it's surreal. Are doing things, but you know, I, I think it is. It is what it is, and and they'll only ever make it bigger. They won't make it smaller. So I think it's here to stay. And once you get down to the last 16, it will be exciting, won't it? But that's the bit yeah. around the group. Of, it's not a group of death because all, the third place team in that in that in that group will probably finish as one of the best as the best third place team. So actually, you think, oh, well, it's, it, is, it is the group of death, but you're all going to get through anyway. So what does it really make any difference? I feel yeah, sorry that's, for that's... Of all the Of all the minnows or whatever you want to call them, all the lesser nations that are in the Euros, Hungary have probably performed probably the, the best with the games that they've played. And they've ultimately ended up in that group. They've got the biggest and uh, they've got the biggest and best teams in, in Europe, probably one, two and three. Maybe you, maybe you discount Belgium and England. I, I, I suppose the question is, Simon, which do you prefer a smaller nation getting through as a story or a bigger nation getting knocked out in the group stages? Well, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, look, if it was up to me, I think the, the it still would be the the sixteen team format. It always was, but you know it is what it is. It's still exciting, isn't it? You can't have a big team knocked out. Somebody's got to have a really pants tournament. I mean, maybe maybe, maybe if England had drawn against Croatia, then drawn against Scotland, then there'd be a lot round in this last game, wouldn't there? Maybe I wouldn't be saying they'd be well, yeah, really thankful for that third place finish. But two, well, two, I don't. Well, the fact that three points gets you through is a bit. Well, Denmark had gone through tonight, um, second in their group with three points. Oh, wow. Yeah, but, um, I mean, that's just a, a weird group, isn't it? Well, it, it flashed up at the end, I think, saying that... So, Denmark play Wales, do they, on Saturday? Uh, it might be, yeah. Oh, that's a good game for Wales, isn't it? Yeah, it's a good draw for Wales, isn't it? Given that if you win our group, you have to play a second team in that group of death. <laughs> well, this is the other thing. Wait, what I don't get second in their group and get Germany, get Denmark in the uh, in the last sixteen. You'd be very pleased with that. It's quite a winnable game, isn't it? This is the other thing I don't get with the format. Is that how to decide what groups get the third place finishes and what groups get the second place runners up to? Like, it, it, there seems to be no benefit sometimes to winning your group. Well, they were saying they, they mentioned after because I was watching the Holland game. Uh, earlier on this evening, they said that the Holland have got uh, when the Holland game finished. So Holland could face twelve different opponents. Like there wasn't like, oh, they might face the winner of this or the loser of that one because I think they play like the third place. If they win their group, they've got like one of the third place te- uh, teams in their group. There's twelve different like teams they could they could play. I tell you what, whoever came up with this format, imagine sitting in that first meeting where you've got to explain it to people. <laughs> yeah, Christ, you'd need a lot of PowerPoint. <laughs> 
slides to and, get through and this. And this one, yeah. I think, is, was even more... When it came to like setting the group stages, I think it was even more complicated because they were kind of committing teams to groups where they were, so they'd have home games. Unbelievable. <laughs> Bloody hell. Mental. Who's uh, who, who's after after say most of the group games have gone on most of the big t- who's uh, impressed you most, Cheezer? Um, I haven't seen a lot of their games, uh, but I would probably say I think Italy just with the run that they're on. Was it ten or eleven games without even conceding a goal? Um, I mean, if you keep the ball out of your own net, then chances are that you've got a better you've got a better chance of winning, haven't you? So. Um, I think Italy have been dark horses. And I, again, I feel like Italy haven't got a huge amount of superstars, but they just seem to play really, really well as a team. They've got a really solid back line. They've got a good goalkeeper. They've got somebody who can put the ball in the net. They've got mid- goals from midfield. I'm not quite sure about Jorginho, but um, he seems to work well on that Italy team. Yeah, yeah. Italy, Italy are impressive, aren't they? And, yeah, it's not a vintage Italy team, is it? But they, they do just seem quite a good team. And uh, Mancini seems to have them playing well, doesn't it? There seems to have a bit of belief about them. He's uh, Mancini's doing a really nice thing that he apparently uh, Italian ninety. He he never he he was in the squad, but he never actually made it onto the pitch to play at a home tournament. Um, and he says that was one of the biggest regrets of his footballing career. So he's trapped because all of Italy's games have been in Rome. He's tried to get every single player. Oh, is that why he changed the? the, the that's why he, he brought Sir- Yeah, that's why. He ch- that's why he brought Donnarumma and brought Sirigu on, so so he could experience playing in a major major tournament in his home country. Oh, that's nice. And have they still got? Have they still got group games to do? Go. They, they must have done all no, that. They've done. They've done. I mean, it's, it's nice to do so, when you've got you've got nine points. You've not conceded yeah. a goal. To take nine, well, he got. He got. He, there's only one player he's not managed to get on the pitch. Was that the other goalkeeper? Probably impossible. Yeah, (laughs) but I mean, they're in a position where they can do that, though, aren't they? As well, he's 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 probably thought twenty-six man team home tournament. I'll I'll take that regret back from from uh, (laughs) Italy. (laughs) Probably still be able to play in his suit. Is there anyone else? He looks good in that suit, doesn't he? Wow. I mean, I'm not sure about Southgate. So, uh, how, 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 Jeff, how much thought do you reckon Southgate put into what he's going to wear for this time? Well, a lot of thought, I reckon. And it, it, it's not a great look, is it? it? He has a weird shirt. That, when did the interview at the end? His shirt's a bit strange. I mean, it's, 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 it's a nice jacket, but it's not yeah, it's a nice jacket, yeah. I just don't think it's... It doesn't look as iconic as the... He should have just gone with the waistcoat, shouldn't he? Yeah. But he's being pragmatic. I mean, the year we're having, I mean, what is it, it's June, and it lashed it down on Friday night in London. Wow. Not quite Euro 96, but just blistering sunshine for the whole of the tournament. He could have brought an umbrella out and maybe took the stick oh, away from McLaren, oh. made it cool. <laughs> Anyone I mean, else in... Well, well, the team had sort of before the tournament, you know, World Cup winners, France, and, they, you know, they, they ended up drawing with Hungary, but... They look. I thought they looked quite good in that Germany game. Actually, I don't think they got enough credit for for that Germany performance. And I think they they just generally they've got so much quality there again, solid at the back, so many good players. And you know, you feel like although Mbappe and uh, Benzema haven't sort of lit up yet, but you feel as the tournament goes on, they've got a lot of big name players, haven't they? I think France is still still the ones to watch for me. So what you're saying is, Simon, when they realised the error of the ways and put Olivier Giroud in, 
<laughs> yeah, well, you can. You got someone as good as Olivier Giroud in reserve, then. You must be able to <laughs> well, they're playing Portugal. They're playing Portugal in the last game, aren't they? So they they might end up finish. They might end up finishing fourth. I mean, if Portugal, Portugal got beat off Germany. They beat Hungary, so they could. Well, I mean, they could in essence finish. France could finish third. Yeah, they could. Yeah, but it makes no difference, does it? Well, um, um, what was I going to say? Have you got the Have you got the table in front of you, or the Have you got the like the map to the next to the last sixteen in front of you? Who does that? Who does the winner of that group play? Oh, don't know. I'm looking your question. I'll have a look later. It's just. So, well, which, I mean, side, which sides have impressed you, Ross? Uh. I mean, I would Italy, yeah, obviously, but I don't think I don't think they've really been massively tested yet. Like, I did think France played well against Germany, like you said. Um, I tell you, like I know Holland was slated, but they they've not been they're, they're scoring goals at least. They look a threat going forward, and it, I mean, if you can score a goal, then I'm not saying they're going to win it, but. I wouldn't like to. I wouldn't like to get Holland in one of the games because I think they'll probably score against you. To be honest, got a, lot of, got a lot of pace in that Dutch team. You are a lot of pace in that Dutch team. Yeah, I just back think back. it's. So. I just think it looks. I just. I, I just think you, you wouldn't want to get them. I think you. You think you're going to beat them, but I think they're always going to cause you a problem. I think that would be my thing. Other than that, like you say, Spain. Like they play some fantastic football, but they what they score one goal, two got they're not they're not No, they're not scoring enough goals. They're not scoring, so they don't that, that doesn't worry you then, does it? You can have all the ball you want, but if you're not gonna put it in the back of the net then I think so, I watched the watched the Belgium game the other day and the the difference when he, I mean obviously when Hazard and De Bruyne and Bitzel came on in the second half, they just looked a completely different team. Like they look like they could just take the game away from you and playing well for half an hour and then you could be you could end up being three 0 down. I always have this thing with Belgium, though, that I just feel like they're going to be perennial, like, thought of as all the players, but then never really, never really actually do anything. Like, because, I mean, Roberto Martinez is the manager. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> always at some point, you're going to pass it around and then, and then lose. <laughs> yeah, basically. So... I don't know. I tell you the one thing we've not mentioned, which is probably the biggest story of the whole tournament, is uh, obviously Christian Eriksen. Well, yeah, it's, uh, it's incredible, wasn't it? And just thank God they had. Uh, it was like it turned out there was like a cardiac doctor there, just in the in the crowd or something. It's amazing yeah. how regularly this happens at football matches, isn't it? Yeah, this is quite big football fans. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, incredible! Like, I, I mean, from the the whole thing, from the like the whole Denmark squad to um, surround Ericsson so he could receive his treatment with some dignity. That's incorrect. Because what's the captain called? Simon? Oh, care? care? Yeah. I mean, I, I signed him as in the Everton team, but I still yeah. That's his name. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just to organise that, just to have the like the. the Presence of mind to do that, and then 
obviously I'd like to carry on the game that night and play but I mean my like his heart stopped, hasn't it? So I was thinking yeah. if there if there's a death in the it, what what does happen if there's a death in it? Like does the tournament carry on? Do because if if the worst would have happened and Ericsson would have died, you couldn't have expected the Denmark team to carry on, surely. So then what does that do to you would have thought that, well, you know what UEFA are like. Apparently, UEFA said that if they don't play the game that evening, they would have had to, they would have forfeited the game and lost three nil. Um, so you have to kind of think, well, for, from from a UEFA point of view, as much as they want to, as much as they want to show as much compassion, like that they're not going to cancel, they're not really going to cancel this tournament for uh, for Christian Eriksen, as harsh as that probably sounds, and they probably would have just, I don't know, just wouldn't have gone through. Which, I mean, I mean, every, I'm glad everything's all right. I mean, I've only, I've only seen it, I've only seen it once, um, and it was just, just to watch. Just, oh, it, was, it just wasn't a very nice thing to watch. Well, I didn't see it. Like I, the first I knew about it was when you text Simon. So presumably, did you, were you watching the match when it happened? Yeah, yeah, and it was, um, yeah, it was really gruesome. And they sort of stayed on it. And you could sort of see they were doing um, the. Um, the compression thing. And then, I mean, you're thinking that's, you know, it's a kind of, it's a sort of desperate move. The, by the time you're down to the, um, to doing that, you know, you're in a real, you know, they're in a real bad place. You think, God, I'm kind of watching someone die here on TV. Um, but look, just luckily, luckily he survived and, and that, you know, they were able to, to, to keep him alive and, you know, I assume that'll be the end of his playing career. And well, well, you well, say yeah. that, and then obviously the get the day was it the day after or the day after that was that the, the game on the Sunday or the game on the Monday? Um, Danny Blind was playing, and who's fitted with one of these heart monitors? He's kind of fit one of these uh, in his chest, and he was like, obviously, all the emotion for when it happened to him came back, and he was obviously decided whether he wanted to whether he wanted to go out and play. Um, but I think obviously, I think he decided to play. I don't think he missed the first game, but. I mean, there's another player in the Euros playing with a um, one of these like heart monitors already like fitted into into his chest. So I instantly thought the same as you, Simon. I thought like very much for for Brees Mowamba, he what there's no way he'll play football ever again. But I don't know that might not necessarily be the case. I suppose it just depends how serious it is, and um, I suppose how much that Ericsson actually wants to play football again. I don't think there's anybody in the world that would um, hold it against him if he decided that he didn't want to play football again. Yeah, I, just a crazy, crazy. I mean, fair, I mean, I did think to make Denmark play carry on playing that night seems a strange decision. But then, fair play that Denmark have actually managed to get through. Well, yeah, because they, 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 they lost that match, didn't they? Yeah, yeah and, it, and I mean, they've on the, they've actually got a decent team, haven't they? Yeah, and Finland haven't, and you, yeah. you think you're like. Yeah, you know, that's a match you would expect Denmark to win, really. So if they'd ended up getting knocked out, sort of because of that, it would have been. Yeah, you know, obviously, there's, you know, there's more important things than football, I suppose. But at the same time, it would have been a bit unfair on them. Well, yeah. the other thing was, wasn't it? Didn't, didn't they get a penalty later on in the game, and Christian Eriksen would have taken the penalty? Yeah. And the poor guy that had come on to replace Eriksen was the one that missed the penalty. Yeah. But then they started. Who did they play? Who did Denmark play in this? Denmark played Belgium. And Denmark started really. That was yeah. That was the game. Denmark yeah, because they came they out and they scored within like a minute. Yeah, 
and they seem to play really well. And they should have scored at least another couple of goals in that first half. Um, and then in the second half, they made the. I think that was when De Bruyne would De Bruyne would come back and Hazard would come in um, for their first games, and they just looked a completely different team after that. But yeah, they were picked. As they, they they have got they've got a, they've got they've got a really good team. They've played together for quite a long time. Um, I thought they would have done quite well in this tournament, but it wasn't. I think they only lost two or thirty-two games or something like that. They'd, they'd lost. A, I think they'd lost to Belgium twice in the last three years, the last four years. But other than that, they've not lost in thirty-two games before the, before this tournament. So must have been after maybe after the last World Cup or something like that. So I thought they would have they would have done okay, but obviously something like that was the last thing that. Uh, well, another thing. What <laughs> do you not think the uh... One of the things that made more of headlines was the uh, Ronaldo moving the bottles of Coke. Do you not think that then who uh, someone moved then the Heineken bottle? Pogba, yeah, yeah. And then Pogba. did you see uh, John McGinn? Yeah, when he came, went, oh, there's no Coke bottles for me to move. Yeah. <laughs> but then UEFA have threatened all the players with a fine, haven't they? If they move any bottles, oh, oh Coke will be getting paid off. Yeah. Coke will be paying for those that advertisement, won't they? So if they decide well, to take it off. It just seems ridiculous, doesn't it? Because I'm not, I'm I, but not... I thought in a weird way, as much as Ronaldo said, just drink water. He's got a snippet. They've got a snippet of him just holding a Coke bottle up. Yeah. Well, and you know, suddenly everyone's talking about Coke. You know, yeah, we're I just thought about Coke right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just thought, well, surely that's the what does it say? No. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone loves Coke, don't they? And it's addictive as well, isn't it? We all know that. So. <laughs> Maybe that's why he took it off the desk. <laughs> yeah. And I've, I've got to water down my room somehow. Well, exactly. You what? think Coke's bad for you? Otherwise, I'm, I'm just drinking straight rum otherwise. Oh, rum and water, which <laughs> ugh, I don't think it, I don't think anyone's ever come to that. Perhaps next time he'll just bring like a like a tea cozy thing over. It just puts over the top of the bottles instead. So he doesn't move the bottles next time. He just puts them over the top of them instead. Some sort of Cristiano Ronaldo um, branding of something. Do we want? Uh, do we want a quiz? Oh, we can't have a quiz. Go on. I mean, to be so, fair, Simon's been Simon's been holed up for ten days, so I'm not exactly sure I'll uh, I'm going to waste <laughs> this quiz. Well, this is pre tonight's games, so it could have changed. But uh, I want to know: Do you know the top ten uh, all-time goal scorers in European Championship history? Oh. I'm sure Jeannie Van Alden's not managed to get into that list. So I think we'll be all right. <laughs> not, not quite yet, anyway. The tournament is young. Well, um, Ronaldo must be in there. I think he is, he. is Ronaldo now top? Ronaldo is now top, yeah. Who did Ronaldo overtake? So he's got 12 goals in 23 games. You thought he'd have more than that, wouldn't you? In 23 games, yeah. One every two games. Um, well, um, Miroslav Klose is often the answer say, to these types of questions. Yeah, because he's got has he scored thirteen goals in the World Cup or something. Yeah, like that. He'll still be playing for Germany in between the playing for the, in the World Cups. 
Yeah, no, he 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 likes the World Cup. He doesn't like the Euros. Seemingly. Oh. Ah, fair enough. David Villa, Villa, even. No. Torres. Uh, I'll I'll before you go through every Spanish player that you know, there isn't a Spanish <laughs> player in the top ten. It's not a Spanish player in the top ten. Is there anybody that's still playing? Uh, or are we going back here? Yeah, there are. Well, including Ronaldo, there are three that are still playing. Wow! Wow! See, it can't be Harry Kane. So I don't. Think, we didn't score that many last time. He's not actually no. one of the ones that's that still one. playing. One of the ones that's still playing isn't appearing at the tournament, and one of the ones is appearing. Oh, it doesn't really make it any easier. Um, what about David Trezeguet? No. Lukaku. Well, so this was pre-tonight, but and I don't know if... I think from tonight, he's put himself in the top 10. I thought he said his goal got knocked out. No, he scored, so he scored again. again. Oh, he scored again? Oh, wow. Yeah. So I think he is in there, but on my list currently... He isn't. He isn't there. Oh no! Yeah, we'll go off your current list. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> I'm happy with the current list. Oh, yeah. Do you want me to say um, Tom, Thomas Muller? No. Do you want me to say the nations that they're from? Yeah. That might help. So okay. we start with. We start with. We might have, what do you want to do? Start with. Might as well start with ten. And then work 10. our way up to Ronaldo. Well, yeah. Start with tenth place, and then we'll work our way up to Ronaldo. Okay. So. Well, it depends what order you're in, because some of them are on the same number of goals. Uh, so, the team the players have scored six goals, okay, six. on my list. Yeah, six. Six gets you in the top ten. So, uh, there's a Portuguese player, a Swedish player, French, English, and two Dutch players. Zlatan. Zlatan is one of them, yeah. Ruud van Nistelrooy. Ruud van Nistelrooy is another so maybe Genie, maybe we're wrong to rule out Genie Wijnaldum. Yeah. So, so. <laughs> three goals in three games. Yeah, uh, Robin van Persie. No, I was going to go Dennis Bergkamp. He has played in the Premier League. Marco Mars. Nope, not Jimmy Floyd. He didn't play that many games for. He, he played. Presumably, we're going about the Dutch player. He played yeah. in ninety six, two thousand, and two thousand and four. Pierre Van Hoydonk? Was that too? No. Nope. Kurt Schuller wasn't playing to either four. Played in three Euros and he was Dutch. Oh, dearie me. And he's played in the Premier League. Yeah. Van Bommel? Van Bommel? No. He he's play played for Barcelona. He's played... What are the boards? No. He's a striker. Henry Larson. But... Oh, no, sorry. he's Swiss. <laughs> he's Swedish. He played, for, he played for Newcastle. Patrick Cliver. Patrick oh, Cliver. Yes. Yeah, How did I not get that? So, Ruvan is from Patrick Cliver. Right, the next one on my list is the English player. English player. Shearer. Shearer. No, Shearer is in the list, but he's above. He scored seven goals Owen. in championships. Not Owen. Teddy. Not. No. He appeared in the 2004, 2012, and 2016 Rooney. tournaments. Rooney, it is. Yeah, well done. God, that was the uh, one, you never think of. Next one on my list is French. 
Henri. Henri, yes, well done. Uh, and then the last, you've had Zlatan. The last one is Portuguese. Uh, well Vigo. done if you get this. Not Vigo. Not Paletta. What was the guy that scored against England? Held 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 the Pastigue. No. Oh. Nuno Gomez. Nuno Gomez. Yes, Simon. <laughs> he was the one right. who scored it 3 2. Okay, so if there's two left to get. And both the two that are left to get, one scored nine goals, one scored seven goals, and they are both French. Oh. Uh, Platini. Michel Platini, yeah, scored nine goals in five games. That's incredible, isn't it? And he only oh, appeared in one tournament. The other French player. France were no good before 2000. Zidane? No, no not Zidane. So not Tre- we've had we guessed Trezeguet. Henri's already in there. Oh, yeah. Not Giroud. You've, got, you've Giroud. only got you've only got two out of the three players that are currently playing as well. It's not Giroud. French. French. Come on. Uh... <laughs> I mean, I've got John Tiago in my head. I mean, I can't really think just, of legendary French will, players. Will yeah, listen, I've, I've just told you, I've literally just said to you, you've only got two out of the three yeah. players that are currently playing, ben, and you're ben, going on Sylvan Wiltord. <laughs> when was Sylvan Wiltord still playing? He's, been, he's still playing somewhere. <laughs> well, surely not Benzema. He can't, he can't play in that many tournament games. Not Benzema. He's appeared was, at the two thousand. Was Griezmann top scorer last time? Is that a guess? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is Griezmann. Yes. Uh-oh. <laughs> Griezmann's not a prolific goal scorer. He's got seventy-nine Euros appearances. How has Ronaldo only scored twelve goals in twenty-three games? <laughs> and he's appeared in one, two. two. He's appeared in five tournaments. But, I mean, to be fair, 2004 Ronaldo wasn't Ronaldo. Yeah, was yeah, so yeah. He's probably sort of, and they got to the final that in 2004. So he must have played quite a few games when he was just a winger who wasn't a prolific goal scorer. I mean, I don't, I, I don't know if I can take going on to do you want to guess who's called five goals or more? That's <laughs> yeah. <I> mean, <laughs> how long is that list? <laughs> well, there's one. You've got Lukaku. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven more players to get. And you've got Zidane. So there's only six more. Six more, that's all I've got on the list. Do I do the six? Go on. Go on there. Right, so... So so they only need to have scored five goals now, do they? Five goals, yeah. I'll give you the country that they played for. Uh, Yugoslavia. Played in the 74, 78 euros. <laughs> no, this is this is in the year 2000. Um, oh. I, tell you, I do remember a guy was banging him in for Yugoslavia. I do remember it really clearly. All the thought was Patrick Clive was going to be golden boot, and then this guy was scored a hat trick early on. Mil- You're close. He played for Aston Villa. Milosevic, Savo Milosevic, Savo Milosevic, yes. 
Well done. Big Savo Milosevic. Five goals um, in four games. He's got a better strike record than Ronaldo. Davos well, Shuka, Croatia. I'm going to go for uh, Milan Baros then. Oh, See, I know. I did the Euros in 2004. All uh, oh, right, okay. We're just throwing out names here. Milan Baros is on there, yeah. Davos Shuka, surely. Oh, no. yeah. He, he was an absolute goal machine. No. No. So you've, you've got Milosevic, Lukaku, Baros and Zidane. Karol Poborski. Uh, <laughs> so there are four left not anti-Carol <laughs> from a few episodes back yes <laughs> so, so there are four left so there's uh, a Dutch player a Dutch German uh, two Germans and a Spaniard Schneider no Van der Vaart Okay, I'll change. A legendary Dutch player. Bob Bergkamp. Johan Cruyff. More legendary than Bergkamp. Maybe less legendary than <laughs> Johan Cruyff. <laughs> <laughs> but closer to the Cruyff element than the Bergkamp. Van Basten, there Van we go. Basten, yeah, good job. <laughs> <laughs> I was going Michael Reiser is my next one. <laughs> <laughs> or Winston Bogard. Uh, so what's that? So you got two Germans and a Spaniard. Two Germans and a Spaniard. Oliver Beeroff. Oh, good shout. Oliver Beeroff, no. What about Oliver? What? Oh, no, Oliver Cam was in the net. What's that? <laughs> um, come on. What about somebody from that time in the German team? Balak. No, I mean they won it. You know, it must have been who was prolific in Euro '96. So no, oh, one one of them played. One of them played in '96. Well, who did who did Stefan come on for? I I wouldn't say that '96 was peak peak years of this player. Um, Podolski. Oh, that's a great shout. No, one of them. Uh, has a legendary celebration. Oh, Cl- Klinsman. Klinsman, yes. Klinsman. There you go. You see Klinsman linking himself with the Spurs job the other day. Oh, on yeah. <laughs> Casually on the phone to Daniel Levy. <laughs> well, the, a... the embarrassment of being the only person the Spurs haven't approached yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's one of them. Then the next one, that's trying to think. Who we are? I'm trying to think who we are. Nineties, early two thousands, two thousand tens. So he, the championships he played in was twenty twelve, twenty sixteen. Oh, this was recent. So he he went to he started off at Stuttgart, then went to Munich, then to Fiorentina. Went on loads oh, of their shit ass. Luca Tony. Luca Tony. Luca Tony. Sure. Oh, is it, he's, he's Italian. He's Italian. <laughs> is it? Um, is he called Gomez? Yes. No, yeah. Mario Big Gomez. Word. Mario Gomez. Yeah. It's I was one of them guys. Uh, so there's one left to get Spaniard. What? Torres. Not named. Torres. Yeah. That's it. There oh. you go. That's it, done it. 
I'm not going well, to afford like... whatever you do. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Griezmann's only in that list because he got six at the last tournament. Yeah, you really don't need men to get into the list, do you? And you it always it always makes me out low the um because I think closer is he may well be the most prolific goal scorer in World Cups. I think he's only like thirteen. You know, you think all these great players have played in multiple uh, World Cups. I mean, again, Shearer's only in there because he got five at the ninety six. Like, well, it's got... one of those things. If you um, like, I mean, if you just score a hat trick in one game, you pretty much nail on to win the Golden Boot, aren't you? So that list is so of the players that have scored five. So I'm assuming they're all joint, like eleventh in. in yeah, they're all joint. Yeah, they're joint eleventh. Jimmy yeah. G- Van Alden scored three goals in three games. I mean, the right back for Holland scored two in in, in two <laughs> games. I mean, yeah, that's right. Yeah, one of the most prolific scorers in European Championship history. That's what I mean. Lukaku's got five in eight, and he's well. He's got this tournament left to. Oh, he's, well, he's, I, uh, he's got tonight's goal to go, so he'll be in the top. He'll have moved himself clear of the of Savo Milosevic, all that riffraff like Van Basten. Got rid of that. <laughs> moved himself clear into the into the dizzy heights of Nuno Gomez. And if you think about it, the Euros now that the, there's obviously the round of 16, so he's got an extra game to play. So uh, Lukaku could quite easily move himself into the top three. This tournament, two more goals. He's got one tonight. I'm presuming we'll have to add him to the thing. Second six, one more goal. You can, you can see him getting that. Oh, absolutely. And then what? What, what does? What, what, I mean, wonder what Jan Vertonghen is going to look like as a 39 year old centre out for Belgium in four years' time. I'm wondering whether Belgium will still be any good at that point. Well, I mean, we we I tell you what we could have done, which I've just found a new list. We could have gone top scorer by country in Euro <laughs> Championship history. Goran would have Pantera. been an incredible. <laughs> wow. And would you would you have included Yugoslavia, or would you, would you only have done countries that still exist? Oh no! I, well, <laughs> no. They if they've appeared, they'll be in there. I mean, at the top of the list also, is Albania. Also, we've got to we've got to guess every every player every team that's ever played in the Euros. Correct. I mean, I mean, I mean do you not rem- do you not do you not remember Armando Sidiku? <laughs> and he, and his fantastic goal in the twenty sixteen. Oh, that. Well, recent. I think um, I think Albania played Switzerland, and Granit Xhaka's brother plays for Albania. Oh yeah, there was, was that, there was a controversy before that game, wasn't there? Because of the flags and the there was yeah. So I think basically most of the Switzerland team were actually are actually eligible to play for Albania, and most of the Albanian team are eligible to play for Switzerland. In a sort of weird, weird turn of fate. So there you go. Yeah, there we go. You did quite well then. Yeah, I'm, ple- I'm pleased with that performance, sir. I think maybe Van Basten we probably should have guessed a bit earlier on. Yeah. Bit of a recency bias on our part, so to really think of the more modern footballers. I mean, when when Cheesy's coming out with Oliver Kahn before Marco Van Basten. <laughs> hey, it's still on Viltor, maybe before Oliver Kahn. Yeah. <laughs> so, Simon, you're uh, obviously this was supposed to be at time of recording the National Day of Freedom. Yeah. We're, we're, 
allowed to go out, but this is your personal day of freedom because from tomorrow, what are you? Uh, what are you? What are you looking forward to doing now? You're now a free man again. I ain't just going for a walk. I don't know, maybe make it make it into a park. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Simple just, as just that. Things. Yeah. <laughs> I just knowing I can go outside will be enough. I think. <laughs> I, I won't choose to do. I just know yeah. I can. <laughs> I have the option. Well, uh, Sam's, got, Sam's, got a mid- Sam's got a midnight run planned. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm hoping this will last another hour and then I'm out there. Just go around smelling everything to see if you <laughs> open it'll come back. Um, so, like, so when you sense a smell, how long, like, it's like a have you presumably you've researched this? Is there a general length of time that, yeah, so I think it... you normally lose it for about 10 days. So, you're hoping, bump, tomorrow it should be. It lasts a while. It gradually comes no, no. back. So the thing is, I'm not 100 sure. That it's weird. Cause you don't, like I don't really know when I lost it. Um, but it's kind of like one of the later symptoms that happens. It gradually just uh, fades out, doesn't it? Yeah. So well, it's, you sort of don't really notice that you can't smell something. Well, when you're ill, sometimes it affects what because you, you can taste something. You think I can't taste this, like I can't taste, I can't yeah. smell it, like type of things. So it, it's something that you just kind of just happens, and then just kind of snowballs to just pretty so, much everything in there. So, what happened that made you realise that you couldn't smell anything? Well, so I was, I couldn't smell shower gel this morning. So I'm sort, of, I've sort of been so Blinda lost her smell, so I've kind of been conscious of it that it might happen to me. But what? How did so, Belinda like? Because. I, I'm sat in my house now. Yeah, well, I can't. I can't smell my house. So, so what happened that made you go? I can't smell that. Well, you're so, food, yeah, Blinda was cooking, and then she realised she couldn't smell. Like she was trying to smell if something had gone off, and then she couldn't smell it at all. Um. um so it is uh, yeah. In this house at the moment, we've got no way of telling if food has gone off. Any food that you need to smell to gauge. I mean, I mean, not not to panic you at all, Sam. But you've got no, you've got no idea as well. If you've got a gas leak. <laughs> oh yeah, we are quite vulnerable. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, hopefully, hopefully we have. That, that, that was my. That I, was mean, my I mean, I mean, keep it light, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Pre this, he just thought he might eat bit of god off meat. Now have a bit of a tummy bug. Now he's worried about his life. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, let's go around and check on them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. But you've kept your sense of taste. So far, yeah. But Blinda lost hers, so I don't know if mine will go eventually. I don't, I don't know. Is that just when you cooked? Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, but uh, yeah, I don't know. How, I don't know how it'll play out. Well, yeah, there well, we go. I don't know what what gas tastes like. You might have to lick the stove and find out. <laughs> <laughs> so there's no point in you going out for a meal, is there? No, no. Well, I can still taste stuff at the moment, but yeah, no, no. Um, All right, there's no. So it's sort of slightly lost on me. Yeah. So what about drinks then? Have you been drinking at home? So not. I haven't, um, so I haven't drank for the last ten days. I haven't drank since we had. I, I figured I might as well just have a bit of it because I kind of lost my appetite a bit for the first few days. 
And so a bit of me thought, oh, this would be a wonderful, like, accidental detox that I'll do. And I'll come out of this, you know, really fit and healthy, having lost loads of weight. But that hasn't really happened. I've, my appetite came back. Um, so I've just not drank for the last 10 days. Just I've kind of been at home on my own a bit bored. Like, there's no real, no real I funny thing. You could drink anything, couldn't you? Well, yeah, this is the thing. Yeah, that could be. Like, you can, like, if Belinda can't taste anything, you might as well just buy cans of special brew, might you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because it's There's no point just... getting any coffee stuff in, yeah. Yeah, just cheapest, highest, well, just quantity over quality. Th- them three litre bottles of cider, just fill your cupboards <laughs> for it. <laughs> I mean, you'd be really imagine that's what you'd like. You'd lost your sense of taste for ages, maybe same months, like worst case scenario, and you just got used to getting absolutely pissed on this real cheap alcohol. <laughs> and then when your sense of taste came back, and you realised that alcohol actually is expensive, and you have to, you'd be fuming, <laughs> wouldn't you? <laughs> that mixed in with pubs reopening, yeah. Oh, mm. bankrupt. Might be able to drink diamond lager. If my <laughs> taste buds have gone. <laughs> oh well. Well, I've enjoyed tonight. Oh yeah, always a pleasure. Yeah. Um, just, just out of interest. So, if England, so when are England going to play next? Is it after? Obviously, after tomorrow. So, if we get, if we win the group. Is it? Is it Sunday? You just say they might play well on Saturday. No, I don't know. I don't know. I've not got my. I've not got the fixtures. I'm just thinking about when we were, we were going to do it. Obviously, we'll probably want to do another one next week because I feel like if we wait two weeks again, the tournament will be over. Yeah, yeah. Or the tournament might be over anyway. Hmm. Well, whenever. I'm, I'm free pretty much all the time. So. I doubt that... I, I, are we still doing the podcast now or have we stopped thinking... <laughs> Well, we've not said bye, so we can say bye first if you want. Yeah, let's say bye. <laughs> <laughs> you've made it this far. You've got the extra insight into our production technique. <laughs> I've not managed to. I've not managed to cut a, a bye just to stick it at the end yet. <laughs> I might work on that this week. Well, there we go. Right, well, it's been lovely speaking to everyone. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. Thanks for listening to the Three Thirds Mank, One Third Scouse podcast. Give it a like, give it a share, and let us know what you think on Twitter at Mank3. That's at M-A-N-C-T-H-R-E-E. And keep listening for more new podcasts every week.